Amen. You didn't.
is a dream in every heart for more. More hope, more joy, more peace. But there's a question that fills the space. Is it really possible to have that? I mean, we live in a damaged world. A world full of broken promises, full of hurt, full of pain. We see injustice all around us and evil seemingly triumphs. But there is a hope. A light that shines and eliminates all darkness. A savior fills the space. He is the change we long for. He is the one who brings chaos into order. He is the strength to heal our brokenness. And he is the grace that empowers us to live a fulfilled life. He is the one that never changes and nothing will ever shake him. He reaches the darkest places of our world and he knows no limitations. For he is fearless and his love for us is fierce. He is the spotless one who was sacrificed for all of humanity. Uh, there we go. Thank you. Good morning again to everybody and happy Easter. And for those tuning in online, we're glad that you are joining us virtually. And uh, I'm so excited that everybody is here on this day. This, As I mentioned earlier, it is an important day. For those who do not know me, my name is Patrick and I am the pastor here at Christ the Word Church. And I'm honored to be in this place to speak with you uh, today as we celebrate this day of Easter. You know, I love the story that Rachel read with the kids earlier, that the Easter story, the astonishment as people went to the tomb to find that it was empty. You know, it was, it was the, the turn, it was the, the, before M. Night Shyamalan came and, you know, had movies with all his big turn and unexpected turn, this was the unexpected turn in this story. I mean, people were going expecting to see a tomb 
closed with a corpse inside, and they went, and it was empty. It was unexpected. What happened? And I love the astonishment as we watch Mary come and trying to figure out and piece together of just, you know, what just happened here? What's, what's going on? What does this mean? And of course, they begin to jump to conclusions, thinking about what, what, what could this mean? Someone must have stolen his body. I mean, that's a logical thing to think, isn't it? We don't expect corpses to stand and get up and move, do we? So it, was, it seemed logical, trying to figure out what is going on. And little did they know in the moment, until their eyes were opened, that in that moment everything changed. We've been looking for that change all throughout the season of Lent leading up to Easter. So in the, in the church calendar, we have a season of 40 days that leads up to Easter, and we call it Lent. And it's a time of introspection. It's a time of contemplation, of penitence, of taking measure of your life. And we've been looking at Christ the Word about what it means to live an unburdened life. Because we've looked at all these things that we burden ourselves with, right? Because anybody remember what our first Sunday was? Here's your pop quiz time, right? The first Sunday. Noise was close. That was, that was our second Sunday. There was one before that. Clutter. Busyness, yes. We talked about how we busy ourselves, that we're just so busy all the time that we even pride ourselves in saying how busy we are. You know, you know how are you doing? I'm real busy as if I'm supposed to be impressed that you're really busy, right? But we all say it. We all say how busy we are, and we just never have time for anything. There's just never enough hours in the day is what we find ourselves saying. And then we talked about the noise, that there's constant noise, that how I can't even sit in my car and drive in silence. I've got to have music playing or something. And then we have our phones in front of our faces all the time, and then the statistics are always staggering of how much time we spend of our lives staring at a screen, and I'm guilty of it as well. There's so much noise that we just start tuning things out and missing things. I mean, don't you feel over-advertised to? How many of you pay attention to every single sign on the side of the road on the way here this morning? You do. Well, you're in advertising, so of course you're going to look. The rest of us tune out all your advertising. I'm sorry. And we're always having to look for new ways to get in people's faces. I mean, even commercials, they tune up the volume during commercials because that change gets your attention. Then we talked about being driven or called. Rachel preached that Sunday. And what does it mean, the difference between being driven and called? And are we driven because we're called, or are we just driven because of our own devices? Then we took a closer look at ourselves and we discussed me, myself, and I and how self-centered we can be. And so often we stand in the way of an unburdened life because it's just, it's all about me and what I can get and we miss so much. And then the Sunday after that, we talked about convenience and how we're a culture of convenience. And we admitted that nobody in this room is going to say, yeah, I don't want anything convenient. I'm just going to go stand in the longest line at Walmart or the one register that's close. Actually, there's always more than one register. They have like 50 registers and they only have two open, you know. But I'm just going to inconvenience myself. You know, I love to be inconvenienced. Nobody says that. But we discussed that a life of faith isn't a life of convenience. That Jesus didn't die for your convenience. 
And then last Sunday, on Palm Sunday, we discussed garbage time is what we called it. Because we fill our minds and our, and our, and our lives with this, this garbage of clutter of expectations, unmet expectations. And I shared how oftentimes in my premarital counseling that I always start out, you know, communication is key, but expectations are key. What expectations are you entering into this relationship? Because so many fights are about expectations, and so many expectations that were never voiced. You never told me that I was the person who had to take out the trash. In my family, the wife did it, so why aren't you doing it? Well, we never had this conversation, did we? And we discussed on Palm Sunday as Jesus was entering in Jerusalem, and they're celebrating him as a king, and they're putting down palm branches, laying their jackets down, that so many of them were missing the point of who he really was because they weren't expecting Jesus when they thought of the Messiah. They were thinking they might see this conquering king, this mighty political leader, that he was going to create this uprising. And in a way, he did, but not in the way they expected, did he? And we put these expectations on Jesus, and then we get disappointed and burdened down when he doesn't meet those, when he was never meant to meet those expectations. He sets his own. And so this Sunday, we wrap up this idea of an unburdened life as we look to Easter, because Easter is the linchpin in an unburdened life. Because without Easter, there is no way for us to truly live an unburdened, free life that we long for, the life of purpose, the life of hope, a life of healing. And as I was considering this unburdened life, two things kept popping up in my mind as I was thinking. I think it boils down to these two things. That so often we are so busy and we're living this burden-filled life because we're chasing significance. Do you ever feel like you're chasing significance? Who here wants their life to mean something? Yeah? (laughs) Okay, everybody's going to raise their hand on that one, aren't they? You want your life to mean something. You want to have significance. You want to have significance here and now. You You want people to remember you when you're gone don't you? Don't you want to live on through the relationships you've built? So we spend our life chasing significance, but the the great irony is that while we're chasing significance, the other piece to that is I think that we're fleeing from death. Who here is ready to die? Yeah, I didn't think I was going to see any hands for that. If there was, there's counseling available for you. I'd be happy to speak to you. Because we're scared to death of death. Are we not? We spend millions upon millions of dollars trying to cheat and avoid death at all costs. We live in an area that the medical field is just constantly booming. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. But we're so scared of death. Maybe the burdened life really has so much more to do with our chasing after significance and fleeing from death. We run ourselves ragged in this race against a clock to, to make meaning out of our existence. But Easter changes the game and turns the race upside down and inside out. See, on Good Friday, we learn that the true source of our significance isn't found in us. It wasn't 
any of our own accomplishments that we made or that we make, but in Jesus' accomplishments. Our significance isn't found in our status, how high or how low we may be on the totem pole. That's not where our significance is derived. It's in Jesus' status as the Son of God. You see, our our significance isn't found in how we even feel about ourselves. Self-esteem is important, but a self-help book is not going to help you find significance. You can't find that just within yourself because your significance is found in how God feels about you. And God shows on Good Friday the depth of his immense love for each and every one of you. In yourself, you are not significant. But in Jesus, we are everything. Because Jesus lived. Christ died. Christ rose again. Christ conquered death. And Christ reigns at the right hand of God for you. Each and every one of you. That's significant. Don't you want to serve a God who loves you that much? It's not about how you measure up, but it's how God has measured you in his love. So our significance is found in God, but what about this fear of death that we carry with us? I understand the fear of the unknown. When it comes down to it, no scientist, no theologian can tell you exactly what we experience in death. And that unknown space, that mystery is scary. And if oblivion is all that you believe awaits us at the end, I can understand why you might fear death. Because there's nothing at the end of that. But Easter changes the game of death. Jesus conquered death. The scriptures tell us that he conquered death. He defeated death. He defeated the one thing we've never been able to do. The best doctors in the world can't defeat death. And I could tell you that doctors struggle with this all the time. Anytime they lose a patient, it's hard. And they know it's bound to happen. But their, their job is to heal us, to keep us from death. But in the end, we may delay death, but death comes knocking anyway. But in Jesus, death has been defeated. The battle is already won, so we don't have to fight that battle. Something awaits us at the end of this existence, and it doesn't have to be meaningless I share this message not to try to make more and more converts to boost our numbers so that we can say Christianity is growing. I share it because this is good news. This is amazing news. We can have hope. We can find healing in Jesus. Wouldn't you rather live a life of hope and purpose? Not fearing death or chasing your own significance because death has already been defeated and your significance is already found. That is a life unburdened. 
An unburdened life awaits you at the other side of the empty tomb. How will you respond? You know, the story of Easter really kind of speaks for itself. I think I could stand up here and talk for hours and hours, and it doesn't share the same power as the story itself. So I'm just going to close with this. As I ponder this unburdened life and the power of Easter, uh, I wrote a poem that I'd like to share with you. And this is how I'm going to close my time. The, The title of this poem is When Death Gives Way to Life. And let this be my prayer. Death hovers, death circles like buzzards around their kill, ever looming, fear impending as we frantically climb the hill. Climbing upward, pushing forward, trudging on to make a name, good intentions, busy living, endlessly seeking after fame. Heavy hearts, burdened lives, push us closer to the grave, so we work harder, we reach higher as we seek our life a way to save. The race has a pace we just can't face as we seek our place in endless space. The human race gaze at the stars to make a case of a life of waste. Chasing meaning, there is no meaning. Our science limited at best. Cosmic theories, genome mapping, pursuing knowledge is our quest. Yet understanding big bane theories don't help us reconcile our end. In vain we hurry, hiding from fear in all our busy, a life of burden we choose to spend. Overburdened. Overworked, overcommitted, overfearful. So our burden grows more burdensome as the weight we try to pull. Overloaded, overindulgent, overconcerned with our own self-worth. If we stay busy, we don't have to face the death that awaits us after birth. No medicine can cure it. No pill can heal it. No procedure can stop it. No job can delay it. No rule can bend it. No good, intent, go, good deed suspend it at the doorstep it ever sets. The clock is ticking, mortality impending, in short, we're living, then we die. Where in this thinking do we find meaning in the answers we're seeking as to why? Yet today is different. We pause and sense it, looking closer into the dark of what may lay behind. Where death once festered, its stench was hindered for what was once there we now don't find. Death is final. Corpses don't move. There's no coming back from the abyss. Yet an empty tomb and an absent Savior cause us to wonder what is amiss. Like Mary, in the eleven, our brain is straining to make meaning out of this mess. Our theories abounding, accusations flying, our fear again we now express. But then it happens. In just a moment, our eyes are opened in the voicing of our name, Standing before us, our great teacher now resurrected over death, a victory he now claimed. This all sounds wonderful, so we celebrate one more year and then forget. But could this be the meaning we are seeking, the very hope we must beget? You see, this moment changes everything in the history of man. Like a pebble cast into placid waters, it now ripples its effect on generations it now spans. You see, the death we spend our lives avoiding that causes fear to weigh us down has been defeated, its power stripped, it has no victory, its sting no longer to be found. Jesus paid the price that we have rendered in our meaningless life we choose to live. Despite our failures, not of our own doing, hope everlasting he reaches out to give. The burden lifted, our hope was gifted, eternity wrapped in a package we call grace. 
for our meaning that we keep seeking isn't found in our busy place. Our hope personified, our purpose rectified, our fear demoralized, the answer to our strife is found on Easter in the very moment with a man named Jesus when death gives way to life. Amen.